It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. We have a fish story for you. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, It is the Patrick Johnson Show on this uh, Monday, the 19th of June, a uh, day that uh, is the day after that'll live in infamy in Carteret County for uh, all time. Uh, Boy, what a uh, story uh, that broke around uh, midnight on uh, Saturday and has continued to uh, elicit all kinds of uh, emotions and response and opinion all day yesterday and throughout today. It's wild stuff. It really is. Uh, We're here. We're up. We're running. It's great to have you along on this uh, Monday. And uh, we got Joe Giglio coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Joey G now has got his own uh, podcast and podcast company. It is uh, the OG podcast, and it's part of OG Media. Joe Giglio uh, recently, uh, uh, their show canceled at uh, 99.9 The Fans. So uh, he and Joe Giglio, or he and Joe Ovius have their own uh, podcast program they're doing. So uh, good thing. We'll be able to talk to Joe uh, on uh, at times we do talk to him because Joe still is Giglio, in my opinion, one of the smart guys. So we'll catch up with what he's doing. I know he's going to be doing a little bit of writing, but that uh, show also drops a few times a week. Also coming up uh, today, we'll do a weekend winner and weekend worse. There's plenty of that. Uh, We uh, bring in uh, the guys that uh, we're working with today. Uh, Our guy, Philip the Ref Pilkington in the Hizzle. He's going to be uh, with us, uh, giving us an update and uh, telling us about uh, his own fish stories from this past weekend. Uh, The Ref, Philip Pilkington. Pilk, how are you, sir? Patrick, how are you? This is fun. We're on two shows together today. I love this. I know. Pilk was uh, Pilk's pulling the PJ. He was in early this morning for Talk of the Town and is back here in the afternoon. Uh, the great Clark Willis is also uh, here today. Hey, everybody. All right. I want to get your guys. I want to get a little hot takery going. A little hot takery going. Pilk, you were down there. Now, you were not at the weigh-in, but you were down at the Big Rock all week uh, practically working, Correct. Correct. I was not at the infamous okay. weigh-in. I was at the weigh-in sometimes. Uh, Cookie and I made some trips down there, but I was not there okay. for the uh, very special one Saturday night. K- Henry kicked me out right. of his beach house. He had more important people showing up for Saturday, so, you know, ah, I, I got I booted. Understand. Yeah. We well, got to stay in the big end digs. That's what, what a bad deal. Um, also, uh, so, I, I, I was watching the golf, and let me just say, the primetime golf is, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I was watching the golf, watching the U.S. Open, and it wrapped up, and I saw uh, pretty Ricky Fowler, who I was rooting for like heck, miss the uh, putt that would have, uh, I think, kept him at uh, 11 under, and he missed it to go at 10 under, and he tied him with the ultimate champion, Wyndham Clark. As soon as he missed the putt, I thought, well, that's it for Ricky. That's two, You can't have a two-shot swing like that. that. It is over at this point. Now, I didn't think it would be Wyndham Clark. I thought it would be... Uh, I thought it would be Rory, or I thought it would be uh, Scheffler that would uh, catch him. But uh, and, and uh, um, uh, 
uh, Corey almost, uh, McElroy almost did. So there's too much Max in this because we're going to talk about uh, Greg McCoy, the captain of the boat, in a minute. So I see on the social medias where the boat is coming in originally for a 10-15 weigh-in, and then when the golf ends, I see it's going to come in for an 11-15 weigh-in. I figure, well, I'm up. So wait, wait, wait. Patrick was a notable, everyone. Patrick has never been up this late. Since he was like 14 no, years old, Patrick has not I been could, up this late. Not since uh, I, could t I can remember a time I was up for 24 hours. Two times. I remember two times here in the last decade I, or decade plus I was up for 24 hours. One, I was a young man enjoying myself. The other one, I just don't think I couldn't sleep. I think I had too much going on. Yeah. So I, I couldn't sleep. So I was I, I was awake for like 23 hours or something like that uh, just... sometime in the last couple of years. Anyway, nonetheless. Um, so this uh, – so I, I, I'll watch this. And I, 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 you could tell there was a big crowd there. I saw a video clip this morning of the people that were there. People were posted it on their Facebook. My aunt was there. I'm told there were people there in their pajamas. Uh, all kinds of uh, stuff was uh, going on. They estimated that crowd for that weigh-in at 11.15 at night uh, down at the uh, the way station uh, as uh, Big Rock Landing as over 10,000 people. And so the sensation comes in after a lengthy fight with the uh, with the mighty fish and the uh, the bay, the boat's local. It's based out of Morehead City. Ashley Blue's a guy we know. He's he uh, owns the boat, and uh, so it's very exciting. This is going to be a a dramatic finish. Well, he gets in, and it's six hundred nineteen point four pounds is what the marlin weighs. So now it's there's that many people there. The internet was sketchy apparently down at Big Rock Landing, so there was a lot of audio drop, and I don't think they said very much uh, there. Uh, because of the, uh, the the shark bite on the fish, and there was a lot of confusion. So there was a lot of confusion online. So I, I couldn't really figure out what was going on. So Pilk and Clark, where do you go if a live stream or if you if you join something midstream or you're trying to figure out something that's going on, where's the first place you go to find out where, what the people are saying if you're trying to figure out something real time? What what do you, Clark? What do you do? You probably. Uh, Get a carrier pigeon, Clark. But what do you do, Clark? If you if you want to know something, <laughs> well, what would you do? Well, back in my day, we first I would hit their website up. Oh wait, you said there's no connection, right? Right. There was no the Big Rock stream went out. It was very confusing to what was going on. Like the audio was out, and there wasn't a whole lot being Straight said. The and there was a video. Straight to the dock. If what I'm you, down there. No, no, but I, I, I wasn't near the dock. That's what no. I'm saying. I think he's telling you to text Henry. That's what he's trying to say here. You should have texted Henry. No, no, no. I, I actually did, but I didn't initially. So what I did was I went to Twitter because you, gotta, you oh, can yeah, go to Twitter enough. every time. You know, okay, I don't know what's going on, so I'm just going to tweet, go to Twitter and do a search. Well, there wasn't anything on there, so where do you go next if you can't find anything on Twitter? You go to... Facebook. Facebook! Yes, you go to Facebook. That's my impression of a guy who would uh, hosted a show that talked about Facebook as if it were a revolutionary thing when his show first got it. My Facebook page! So we'd go to Facebook. <laughs> and uh, there at this, uh, you could see people posting, and I was trying to piece together. Well, Channel 7, WITN, had the live stream of what was going on. And somehow they had the live stream still. Their their live stream was intact. 
And so, Clark, cut that down a little bit. It's very distracting. So it was, uh, we were like the like the fish on my shirt. So we were there, and we were, um, and I was watching, and you could hear the gnat sound of the WITN broadcast. And then the, the, the reporter comes on and says, they're not. They're going to meet in the morning to make a determination on this. There's some. There's some question about the fish, whether it was uh, bitten by a shark, which would disqualify it. So then I text Henry. Well, because there were so many people down there, you couldn't get through to Henry. He didn't get the text at like twelve thirty, because he texted me back and woke me up. Well, here's the thing. Henry does have, and I'm not going to bash a company on air, a, a, not one of the big cell phone carriers, and I was trying to call Henry all week. His service was junk all week, well, see, and I'm sure it was more think, junk that night. I'll just put it that okay. way. Okay, but no, you couldn't, no, nothing could get through because there were 10,000 plus yeah, people exactly. down there. Exactly. And it didn't matter if you had the, if you had a satellite phone, like members of Congress, you wouldn't be able to have gotten through down because everything was jammed up. That was the point. All right. So. It's determined that, uh, according to the International Game Fish Association rules, states mutilation of a fish prior to landing or boating the catch caused by sharks, which this was, other fish, mammals, or propellers that remove or penetrate the flesh disqualifies the catch. It's a very clear rule. So they're making this announcement there. They come out with a statement on their social media on Sunday morning. People are still mad. People are still saying all kinds of crazy things about all this, and uh, they're very unhappy. So at 10 a.m., they put out the release to the Big Rock folks after careful deliberation and discussions, and it was. They just they actually were up and meeting at sunrise, practically, uh, from what I understand. Discussions between the Big Rock Rules Committee and the Board of Directors with biologists from NC State, NC Marine Fisheries biologists, as well as IGFA officials, it was determined that the sensation 619.4 blue marlin is disqualified due to mutilation caused by a shark or other marine animal. I'm told it was a shark. It was deemed that the fish was mutilated before it was landed or boated, therefore was disqualified. Now, everybody in the tournament knows these rules because everybody in the tournament signs uh, off to it is, is what uh, I was told uh, today. So, their captain. Now, th th let's think about what they lose here. They lose the overall prize, right? Right. They lose the Fabulous Fisherman, which was $739,500. In other words, uh, uh, we're talking Clark uh, Willis uh, territory there as far as uh, the tax bracket goes. So this is $3.5 million, uh, million on the line for the sensation. So their captain, Greg McCoy, somebody was sending me a, a note today saying, McCoy says they're going to sue. And I thought, okay. I said, well, where is this? And waiting and waiting and waiting, and they cite the article where it is. So this is in the Carteret County newspaper. I said, well, this ought to be interesting. And you read down, and this is what it actually says. This is according to McCoy, the captain, the owner of the boat, of the Jared Bay boat, which is Ashley Blue, the owner of the sensation, is protesting the decision. If that fails, we'll then contemplate taking legal action. That's what the, the article says. So the winner's the sushi, by the way. We all know sharks right, love right. sushi. Oh, oh, come on, Clark. Now that was a, a good yeah, producer would have oh, had the oh would have had it there. Come on, Clark. A good <laughs> producer would have had that there. There we go. That's it. Uh, I have all right, a but no, no, hang on. Okay, okay. So this is not that they're gonna. I mean, that, these. This is where all this crazy talk and everybody who has an opinion doesn't know 
squadoosh about squadoosh is saying this and that. I mean, this was a guy I consider who's, who's from down there is considered uh, in the know and a pretty bright guy, and he swears up and down the captain said they were going to sue. Well, that's not what the captain's saying. Captain is saying that they're going to protest the decision, and uh, if that fails, they will contemplate taking legal action. So we don't know if that's the case or not. But again, this and this is actually a really good article. I would encourage you to go to Carolina Coastline, no, CarolinaCoastOnline.com and check it out because it actually is a really good article and it has nice quotes in there and that kind of thing. <clears throat> All right, Clark, what is your so what is your question? Did the team ever say they turned in a perfect fish or not? Because that's the only thing I haven't heard. I don't know. Because they're the only ones that never answered anything like, hey, we turned in a perfect fish. Well, what are you talking about? It, and apparently there is a – well, there, it's obvious. You could see that it wasn't, but there's – I guess there was some damage to a fish that had been boated and was too big uh, to be where it's stored in the boat, and that's damaged the fish, and that was determined to be the case. But I'm sure and, – and credit to the sensation people for being legit and saying, yeah, this was – you know, it appears it was bitten by marine life. That, that appears to be what they're saying. So, but people are not happy. I, they're, they're, all the TV news stations are making hay with this. They're putting polls out. And the polls say um, things like, uh, "No, they were, they were uh, robbed of their money and that sort of thing." So they so, said they turned in a fish, a perfect fish. Is that what they're? Is that was? Is that what they're I, saying? I don't think that's what they're saying. I I, I don't know. That I don't know. I don't, know. I don't turn in a jacked up fish. That, that I don't. Get. Well, again, the thinking might have been, and I, and I don't know. We've invited the people on the show today, and and uh, I guess they were bombarded with uh, other media nationally, so they're not. Uh, <laughs> They're not coming on here, which is fine because, I mean, it's really a simple couple questions, and they probably wouldn't want to be asked some hard questions, which we uh, probably would ask them. Yeah, yeah. Like your question, Clark, that's a yeah. hard question. I mean, if you knew the rules, how did you not know or suspect that this may have been bitten? I, I don't know. I can't speak for them, and I can't speak. And I can assume if you're fishing in this and you're committed to doing this and you're paying the money to fish in this and you have to sign off on, that you have read the rules, you either have read the rules and you understand it, or you have not read the rules and and all of that. Oh, now I'm getting word from the always anonymous text line that they have hired an attorney. Oh, it is a fishy story. I had story. heard that today, too. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it is a fishy story. Things have gotten fishy here. So apparently they are going to take legal. All right, well, then my, my uh, person telling me this was right, but the article they cited was uh, saying that they were contemplating. Well, the contemplation didn't take much. So there we are. Pilk, how was it meeting the king? By the way, if you've not listened to the Friday show, I would encourage you to go back. Uh, we had a sensational conversation with Kentavious Street, uh, and you've got to the end of the month to sign up for his uh, youth football camp that he's doing at Rose free. And Kentavious uh, Street was fantastic. Uh, of course, now with the Eagles and uh, played at J.H. Rose. What a guy he is. Uh, so if you've not heard our show from Friday, I would go back and listen to that because uh, that was great. And I would encourage you to also go and uh, we uh, aired the Richard Petty interview with uh, that he did with Henry because it was just so good. It was so interesting. And uh, the King was great, Pilk. You, you got to see him up close and personal. And I didn't realize he was 85. He's very vibrant for that age. 
Yeah, he is. Uh, he sleeps in like he's about 15. I've heard he likes to sleep till about 10.30 or 11 o'clock. <laughs> but no, he was he was very sharp to be 85. And he was very sharp considering the fact that I'm sure his brain was a little strained after Shook, you know, kind of bombarded him the night before, from what I understand, for about four Scott hours. Shook, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, he it was great, man. You know, it was everything. It was, you know, that was cracked up to be. He really was. Uh, a really nice guy and uh even got him to sign an autograph for clark because clark wanted oh, an autograph good. i got a picture with him cookie got a picture with him so man it was great and it was it was an honor to have him on yeah that was that was a tremendous interview so go back and listen to our podcast I'll, I'll give another plug here too how you can do that go to the ibx media app uh this weekend something was on that uh i saw and i thought well i'll pick that up and see if i can listen to it and so you go where? To the TuneIn app, right? Yeah. So I went to TuneIn, and I was trying to listen to something that was going on uh, in a different part of the country to see what it was because I was interested in hearing the radio coverage of it. Well, you couldn't uh, – you had to wait through an interminable amount of ads. So that reminded me of something we probably don't promote enough. It's very simple to download the IBX Media app. You head to Google Play. If you have an Android, you head to the uh, App Store if you're an Apple uh, user. And it's very easy to download. It's a very easy app to, na to navigate, negotiate. And here's the great part. There are no pre-roll ads. So you can get right into your stream as soon as you hit uh, go on that thing of your favorite station or favorite show because it, was, it felt like a month that I had to wait for TuneIn to go through its pre-roll ads. So uh, download the IBX Media app today. All right. So that's the very latest on the Big Rock. People are still very upset. Apparently, there's going to be now litigation of some kind involved. So there you have it. It could be a cat fight. It's a fish fight that could turn into a cat fight. All right, uh, a break. And when we come back, uh, weekend winners and weekend worst on the Patrick Johnson Show. Looks like we're going to have to skip the uh, the intro there, Patrick, I think. Okay. Just have to all get right. into it. Uh, all right. Weekend uh, winner. Do, let me know when we have the uh, the cues up then, uh, perhaps, uh, when we have weekend winner. Weekend uh, worst. Anyways, by the all way, right. for our listeners, just to let everyone know, Tennessee did knock off Stanford 6-4 to four just a few minutes ago. So the Cardinals have eliminate? been eliminated from the college world series okay well this is great this is great all right um well uh we uh, oh let me tell you about what we have later on uh, this week of course we have joe Gillio coming up in uh, a little bit we've uh, also got uh tomorrow looking forward to having uh, ecu defensive coordinator blake harrell will be in the uh, studio so we'll look forward to talking to him that's coming up uh tomorrow on Wednesday, ECU Director of Athletics John Gilbert will be our guest, so lots to talk about with John. Uh, we will uh, obviously cover some of the ground that uh, Stephen Igo did last week, but I think we'll also talk about uh, some more of sort of the global uh, issues involving college athletics. So that's Wednesday. On Thursday, ECU Offensive Coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick will be our guest, so looking forward to having Donnie Kay on. And then on uh, Friday... Uh, among our guests will be the mayor of Greenville, P.J. Conley. So uh, we'll uh, talk to uh, the mayor on uh, Friday. All right, boys, are we ready uh, for a little weekend yeah. winner, weekend worst? All right, here we go. You're a winner. 
weekend winner. I'm going, uh, well, obviously, you got to go Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark is uh, equipped Clark? in the modern game to win uh, to win golf tournaments and win majors and uh, be competitive. How? He is an athlete who's a golfer, and that's what uh, Brooks Kepka is. That's what uh, DJ is. So he's a guy that can uh, win golf tournaments. I'm also going to give a weekend winner to Ricky Fowler, my guy Pretty Ricky, who I'm now a fan of. I never used to like Ricky Fowler. It's Ben's guy, Pretty punk. Ricky. Uh, the great Ben B. Baby Byram. And then I'll, I'll even give a little uh, weekend winner to Rory McIlroy because this was not one of those Rory backdoor top tens. This was Rory uh, actually competitive, and I, I was kind of rooting for Rory to come through and win the thing. So those guys are our weekend winner. Uh, let's do a little weekend worst. You blew it! Weekend worst. I like the golf course in L.A. As you see, I have this handsome hat from the U.S. Open this year that was played out at Los Angeles Country Club. Uh, but the plane buzzing the whole time was really annoying. In fact, my wife asked me at some point during the coverage uh, in one of the nights, uh, what is that? Is there a plane flying over the house that's low to us? Or what is that noise? And apparently uh, there were people just losing their mind. Our guy T-Bone actually was featured in a national article where he was tweeting about the uh, plane, the guy out in Charlotte at uh, WFNZ. So the plane buzzing the whole time over the, uh, what seemed like interminably over the uh, U.S. Open in L.A., a weekend worse. Uh, let's go uh, weekend winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. Who's going uh, next to me, Clark? Oh, sorry. I'm going. I'm huh. going. Pilkington, sit there and look pretty. Uh, <laughs> Primetime golf. I love it. I love it. Put it in my veins. I could watch primetime golf all during primetime. And they need to do more of this in the summer when there's not first-run shows on. It makes total sense. Don't do it. Just do it beyond the U.S. Open. And here's a new rule. Every year, the PGA or the U.S. Open, one of the two, must be played in the uh, West Coast so we can get primetime golf. Pilk, what, what you say on that? I wouldn't be opposed to that a couple years ago when the PGA was still in August, but the problem is it's in May still, so you've got a lot of other stuff going on in May. It's the, right. it's, it's well, a weird weekend. So just make it the make U.S. It, Open. Make yeah. it the U.S. Open. PGA's on the the East Coast, U.S. Open's on the West Coast. There you go. Boom. Problem fixed. Yes. Hashtag uh, from the Always Anonymous text line, hashtag uh, blank my wife asked during golf. I probably should have put that. You're right. You should have. That's my favorite tweet by you, Patrick. Yeah, I should have put that. Blank my wife says during football season. And these are, I'm not that clever, nor that talented, nor that funny. Uh, These are all legitimate things that she says. But, hey, All Patrick, right, uh, you mentioned Wyndham yes. Clark being an athlete. It must be something in the water fountain at his high school. My dad texted me last night that he went to high school with Christian McCaffrey. They were best buds. They yeah. were BFFs. All right, uh, weekend uh, worst. You blew it! Weekend worst. I have a love-hate uh, relationship with uh, social media, really more of a hate relationship. I think if I didn't have to have it, I wouldn't have it. I've reached I think that you've point. had enough. Yeah, I have had more than enough. And uh, I got to say, the commentating, the commenting, rather, the commenting from people on this. But you, I'm a big, you, you're, you're free to have your opinion. You paid your money and you're in the stands and you're not breaking any laws 
or you're not breaking any rules of the venue. Exactly. You can do or say whatever it is you want to do or say. You know, long as you're not long as you're not breaking any laws. But these commenters on uh, the one good thing I will say about the idiots that are posting on Facebook. At least they are not hiding in like Twitter and other things. And I is there a thing Reddit? Is that what is that a website? Pilkington, a Reddit. Yep. You, why would you know? You're an old. I Clark, use Reddit all the time. You don't know, right? People can hide behind handles on stuff like Instagram and uh, Twitter and uh, the Reddits and the TikTok.nets and all of that good stuff. Facebook, at least they have to put their name on it. So I guess that's the one good thing. I call it. So these people commenting. Handle tough guys. There you go. Keep cow keyboard cowboys. <laughs> all right, uh, weekend winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. The good people of Charlotte, America, because Michael Jordan is selling the Hornets. And maybe finally now there will be ownership that is serious about putting a winning team out on the floor and not not just obsessing watching LeBron James and the other stars play and talk about how you could beat them. That was his contribution to the basketball side of this. There was that article at MJ when they followed MJ around extensively a few years ago. I, he was not a great owner, and I think it'll be a good thing to actually get some different ownership in there and some new blood. And the first thing they need to do is retire Muggsy's jersey and retire Del Curry's jersey, by the way. That's what I say. All right. Weekend worst. You blew it! Weekend worst. Huggy Bear. Pilk's going to have more on this, but Bob Huggins, not been a good uh, month for Bob Huggins. DUIRS to Pittsburgh this weekend, and uh, Huggy Bear's tenure is no more. Speaking of Twitter, you can also go to my Twitter, at P-Man on Air. But my, uh, at least I'm claiming it's me on there. All right, uh, and a final weekend winner from me? You're a winner. Weekend winner. <laughs> I revert back to the Big Rock. Rules one, baby. We have rules and laws and order to follow in this world. And the rules won out on the Big Rock uh, here. We got to have rules. You got to have order, people. You just got to. Agree? No? Okay. I agree. I'm with you. All I right. agree. No, here in the studio, I was being told, no, there needs to be anarchy. All right. Pilk, <laughs> uh, what, what do you have right now? All right. Well, first off, I have a weekend winner. You're a winner. Weekend winner. Patrick took all the big national headlines, so I'll take one of my personal ones. The Sox swept the Yankees, baby. Yes, the Red Sox have had a terrible year. But, oh, heck with you, Clark. Down went the mighty Yankees three games in a row. How about those Red Sox, baby? All right, and now one I think I'm going to get a little more uh, comments on, and I'm going to actually ask you a question after this one, Patrick. Uh, is my right. weekend worst? All right. You blew it! Weekend Worst. So as I mentioned, the Stanford Cardinal was just eliminated by the Tennessee Volunteers in the Men's College World Series. Early in the broadcast, uh, one of the announcers was talking about how over the weekend, the Cardinal baseball team was picking out their spirit animals. Are you kidding me? You are 20-year-old men. That is something 12-year-old girls do or weirdo men from California. (laughs) Oh, wait, it's Stanford. They are weirdos from California. But, P-Man, your father was a coach. He was your coach. What would you have said to him as his athlete, as his son, if he came to practice and said, all right, boys, 
we're gonna pick our spirit animals today. Because I would have, I would have said some stuff to my coach that I cannot repeat on radio. Well, I wouldn't have said anything because I would have been terrified to say anything to him. But I can't imagine him saying that. I would have thought maybe he, maybe he got. Uh, he had some medication, and he's a little loopy, or, or perhaps he maybe <laughs> had a, a, a libation before the uh, the big program, so or the big practice. Uh, I, yeah, look, those old school guys, and and I give credit to a lot of them because they can definitely roll with the punches, so to speak. But there is a lot of uh, today stuff like that. I, that is bizarre. I, I've never. You know, baseball is kind of a different game anyway with the uh, traditions and the superstitions, but that's a new one on me. Yeah, that's I mean, a totally new one on me. I don't even know what the heck a spirit animal is. I've heard of it, but like I said, I think it's something that 12 year old girls do. And nobody tweet at me and tell me what a spirit animal is because personally, I couldn't care less what a stupid spirit animal is. You, you are know, the biggest business just, trip of your life. You're there to win the World Series. You're worried about a freaking spirit animal. No wonder they went 0-2. Good gonna, job, Tennessee. You knocked out these weirdos. Good I'm, job. I'm gonna Heck with Stanford. I'm going to guess your spirit animal is the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> yes. is. I'm ticked off. That's dumb. Pilkington's spirit animal is Oscar the Grouch. All right, uh, Clark, what do you have? Man, you what guys you took have? it all. I, I, you literally, the Yankees and the Shark. My biggest one was the Shark. I was the, for the w- loser. Because oh, I, go, I didn't mention the shark. You go ahead and do that. That was uh, the weekend. We, uh, we, we need one. Like I said, we need one for both. But. You blew it! Weekend <laughs> worst. And I'm not sure you, how to even put this because I'm not I'm not sure whose side I'm on. Either the fishermen or the big rock. Uh, okay. The refs. We'll call them the refs or the judges, whatever. But I still can't understand. Yes, because no one's, like I said earlier, no one has come out and said, hey, we turned in a big fish. So why didn't we win? I mean, we know the rules, so right. I'm just but it's going to uh, it's going now to to litigation. It appears because, as we've said, uh, apparently the owner has hired a lawyer. All right, uh, one question. That is one question. Yes, so got a lot of questions. If today. they would, yes. if, if they would have won, would that have been the biggest fish? That's the question I have on that. The biggest of the tournament, or, it, like or history, ever? the history? Yeah. No, I don't think it was the biggest. I think there was one. Across. There was a 900 pound fish one year. Oh, okay, never mind then. Okay. But it would have blown it would have blown everybody else out of the water by Makes more than sense. 100 pounds. Yes, I agree. this year. Yep. It would have. So, all right. Uh right now, Philip the uh, we're going to get Joe Chilio next. Probably won't talk fishing with Joe. Uh we'll talk to Chilio next from the uh, OG podcast, but right now, uh Philip the Ref Pilkington with a 94-3 the game sports update and pirate report. Take it away, Pilk. Thanks, Patrick. We will start off in college baseball. As previously mentioned, Stanford just fell to Tennessee by a score of 6-4. to four. Vols will move on as part of the loser's bracket, and the Cardinal are on their way home back to Cali. There's one more game tonight going on. It's in the winner's bracket. It's between number one, Wake Forest, and number five, LSU. The winner of that game will be just one win away from the College World Series Finals. In other college news, longtime West Virginia head coach Bob Huggins has resigned. He resigned Saturday night, roughly 24 hours after his DUI arrest. Huggins had been at the helm of the Mountaineers since 2007 and was previously head coaches at Akron, Cincinnati, and Kansas State. In his time as a men's basketball head coach, he went to 25 NCAA tournaments and two Final Fours. Earlier today, the five finalists for the Bill Dooley Scholar Athlete Award were announced. The award recognizes the top 
high school football senior student athletes within the chapter's geographical region, which includes the counties of Durham, Orange, Pitt, and Wake. Each of the five following finalists will receive a $2,000 scholarship with the winner receiving an additional $10,000. The finalists are Dylan Evans of Chapel Hill High School, Gray Gitter of Jordan High School, Aiden Harper of Fairquay Verena High School, and Andrew Hollinger of D.H. Conley and Luke Jackson of Athens Drive High School. And Beaufort County native Keith Mitchell has been named the new county athletic director. Mitchell grew up in Beaufort County and was the son of Bing Mitchell, who was the athletic director at both Northside and Washington High School. Over the weekend, the 65th annual Big Rock Fishing Tournament concluded with the winning boat Sushi brought in a 484-pound blue marlin. Sushi was deemed the winner after the 619-pound fish brought in by Sensation was disqualified due to sustaining at least one shark bite during the six-hour fight. The winners of the dolphin category was Offshore Outlaw, who brought in a 67-pound dolphin, and Wyndham Clark held off Roy McElroy to win the U.S. Open and claim his first major championship in his second career tour win. Clark shot 10 under, one shot clear of the 2011 champion of the event, and world's number one Scotty Scheffler came home third in the event, shooting seven under. The Pirate Report and Sports Update is brought to you by the Team Boneyard Collective as well as the new IBX Media app. On the other side of this timeout, we will be joined by Joe Giglio of the OG Podcast. The number one drive time sports show. The Patrick Johnson Show returns in minutes. 94.3 The Game. Let's go now to our uh, guest video link-up. Boy, that's not an awkward way of saying that. The great Joe Giglio of the OG Podcast and OG Media joining us here. Hello, Joe. Patrick, I love your hat. It's unbelievable. It came in, Joe. Came in, ordered it late Thursday after watching golf all day, and then it came in yesterday on a Sunday from the U.S. Mail. Now, I paid for it. I paid the extra to get it shipped in two days. And by golly, it got here in two days. So, but no, it's, it's cool. It's a good, I, you know, I don't know about you, Joe. I love the concept of primetime golf. And if we're going to grow the game, we need to figure a way to get more events in primetime, more big, significant events in primetime, especially in the summer. I do love the primetime golf. I got to tell you, Patrick, I'm a morning person and there's nothing better than morning golf. The, the, the open championship, right? I also love a, a good mid-afternoon nap, which which golf always <laughs> helps to contribute to in the best possible way. It's the ambient sound. It's not it's not that it's boring. It's the ambient sound that always gets right. Me. Right. It's the relax, especially if uh, Nance is on the call. There's just something soothing yes. about uh, that. Hey, what do you think? Wyndham Clark, I, this is, I told you, Joe said, what are we talking? So, Joe, I'm just volleying. I'm just, I'm, it's like pickleball. I'm just volleying sports topics your way. Okay. Uh, Wyndham Clark, how in, I, I was rooting for Ricky Fowler. I found myself rooting for Ricky Fowler for once. And uh, I felt like this was probably his, own, his last great shot to do it. And, and I found myself rooting for Rory a little bit just because he's been through so much uh, here in the last year plus, especially the last couple weeks. Uh, but then Wyndham Clark, and I, I think Wyndham Clark is made for today's game. He's, he's like Kepka and he's like DJ. He's an athlete who can play golf. And, and that's, that's where the game is headed right now. 
and he's crazy long off the tee. Whew, and it's he? not really something we normally think of with the U.S. Open. We normally think, oh, tight fairways and target golf and control accuracy. But his length was, was a true asset this week. And then, you know, the club twirl on Saturday night, you talk about prime time. His last shot on 18 was just remarkable. And, and the, the twirl, he knew it. There's nothing better in golf than hitting a shot like that and knowing what you just did. And that was that was something else. And, yeah, he shot a 70 yesterday, so it doesn't really go down. It's like some sort of all-time finish. And I know people will be bad at Rory. Uh, still hasn't won a major all since 2014. Oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? Rory's never going to make it. But I have a couple stats on Rory here. Oh, I Top love it. 10 and 19 of his 33 majors. 19 of the past 33, top eight and six of the past seven. That's, I mean, he's balling. But is he, are they, you know, there's guys that have the old, you got the fairway Jesus, Tommy Fleetwood, who had the backdoor top 10. Uh, Rory sometimes does that. You have some guys that have the the week. There's other guys who have the Wikipedia finish. Cantlay's one of them. You think, oh man, there's a guy that does well in majors. Well, he never really hits a consequential shot in a major. So it's a wiki finish. Uh, is that is that Rory, or do you feel like that? I mean, it felt like he. I, I actually thought when it came down to he and Wyndham Clark, it would be Rory that would persevere in this thing. Especially when Wyndham was kind of fumbling there at the end on the sixteen and eighteen. But you know, the thing is, these guys, the difference between them, as you see, is one shot over the course of four days, and it's. It's got to be just infuriating when it's over, when you're Rory, to go back and look at, okay, well, if this had been on the, the left side of the fairway instead of the right, if, if I had laid up, you know, on the par four instead of going for it, like there's, they have to probably just drive themselves crazy trying to come up with answers for how do you find the one shot. Um, but they're really good. The difference between the, you know, the difference between number one and, 400 is not that great right. in golf. Yeah, and it's it's week to week. Definitely not uh, the great, football. No, it is not. The great Joe, or <laughs> basketball for that matter. The great Joe Giglio is with us uh, here. Uh, it is the OG podcast on OG Media. We're going to talk about that in, in a little bit. Uh, since we're on the topic of golf, I'm going to transition here uh, to gambling. But before we do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a little bit about Liv and uh, PGA, what was your take on that merger or marriage or whatever it's called? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what form of live we get going forward. I'd imagine they would still do some sort of specialty events once a month, uh, six a year. I don't know. Maybe they'll do their own live majors. I'm not sure. Uh, I was I'm, I'm over the sports washing conversation from last year. I thought the players who left for live we're not interested in competition. And that was my biggest complaint with those players. The only one I respected was your guy, Harold Varner, who said it's I'm taking the money, like stop. And if you were right. presented this life changing money, you would probably take it too. So I, I respect him. I don't respect some of the others who were like, well, we're trying to grow the game, you know, this and that, blah, 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 blah. No, you, you wanted to make money. Um, but again, that whole, there's, there's certainly fatigue on that topic and then for the pga toward who basically acquiesce and say fine we can't beat you in court so we'll just join you and you're not really joining them they're buying you they own you so i i don't know how the the pga tour kind of squares that mentally i would have a hard time with that if i were some of the 
uh, top end players like Rory, like a Justin Thomas, like a Jordan Spieth, a Will Zalatoris, who were all vocal in their defense of the PGA Tour. Like I would have a hard time with that. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, Patrick, money rules everything. I mean, the, the Wu Tang Clan, cash rules everything around me. That, that's how the world works. You don't always have to like it, but it is a universal truth. Uh, Joe Gilio is uh, with us uh, here on uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, sports gambling in North Carolina is now legal. I think we're going to have uh, some freestanding sports books. We're going to end up with casinos uh, that are not on native lands eventually. Uh, but how big is this for the state, and how big is this for uh, our industry in your mind? Well, it's bigger for our industry than anything else because that's where the advertising revenue is going to come from over the next two years. That's going to be a, a primary source of advertising revenue. So that's a good thing. The state itself, anytime you're adding, I think, what was it, 16 million I heard was the estimate for the first year, and then it would go up from there. I mean, that's probably not laying around in the couch cushions somewhere, so that's good. Uh, will it fundamentally change our state? Probably not. Uh, there's a lot of just keeping up with, I think, Virginia opening the Danville Casino is what ultimately pushed this across the, the finish line, if you will. Uh, because anytime you, you lose potential revenue, you have to think of it, why? Why are we losing this revenue? And it's such a weird hot button topic that had pros and cons from both sides, left and right, Democrat, Republican. It was such a weird galvanizing topic for Democrats and Republicans alike. Like It, it just didn't make any sense politically. Uh, and some of the arguments last year for shooting it down by the, the state Senate was literally about the Dixie Classic from right. 1960. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not a reason. Um, right. And I've seen, you know, you've seen some Iowa athletes get involved here. You've seen the Alabama baseball issues. I'm not saying there aren't uh, ancillary problems that come with this. And obviously the NCAA is not, not really equipped to enforce anything anyway. So you really do have to be a piece of Samsonite to call somebody at a casino on your university issued phone and place a bet, which the Alabama baseball coach did. Like you're an idiot, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Straight up. You're an idiot. Uh, but obviously he did it out of desperation because if he's, he's gotta be making close to a million dollars at Alabama. So what the heck is he trying to win? I don't even know what the amount was, but maybe five grand, maybe 20 grand in college baseball. I mean, that's going to raise a huge flag, which it did. Right. And that right. I, I say all of this because it shows the people who run casinos, they don't screw around. They're, they're the people you actually you'd want to run this country because we'd all be a whole right. lot better off. Uh, Joe Giglio is with us uh, here. There's been a lot of talk uh, about the Magnificent Seven in the ACC. You've covered the <laughs> ACC for uh, for years. That elicited a uh, a chuckle. Wow. Okay. What? Uh, so uh, they're the elite eight because Louisville's got to be considered. Uh, nobody could go anywhere for any time soon. But I, I then it just seems like every time this uh, quells down a little bit, there's something like the article last week that throws some fuel on it. That all of a sudden now, as we all suspect, you would see in Virginia are the apple of someone's eye out there in the Big Ten and, and the SEC. So um, it, it, what's your timeline on this? I mean, does it go all the way? It doesn't go to 36. There's no way that can happen. Will, we, will there even be college sports in 36? Yeah, that's a great question. I think probably you'll start seeing in earnest 28 
you'll start seeing schools try to figure something out. And then 30, I could potentially see something changing. That That is, of course, unless ESPN changes the deal, right? And they have no incentive to, but they ESPN does have an incentive to have a strong ACC. And the ACC sure. can't compete with the SEC and Big Ten financially under the current structure of that deal. So it is actually in ESPN's best interest, same with the American Conference, American Athletic Conference, for it to be strong and for those schools to be competitive because ESPN is paying those schools. So why would you want to handicap them in the way that they have? So that, to me, is the biggest path for the ACC. Ultimately, too, I think, Patrick, this I know people will say, well, Texas has all kinds of money and they went to the SEC for a better deal. I think part of that was because of Texas A&M. But ultimately, I think what happens with Texas and Oklahoma, Oklahoma was a regular participant in the college football playoff in the Big 12. Are they going to be a regular participant in the college football playoff in the SEC? I don't know. I don't think so, actually. So if I'm Carolina, take Carolina. If I'm Clemson, if I'm Florida State, where do I want to be? The SEC doesn't want you. I can tell you that right now. And that goes mm-hmm. back to who else is in the SEC right now. The Big Ten might want you. They might. They might figure something out. But, again, it's in ESPN's best interest to have that strong league, the ACC. And it's also in those schools' interest to stay in the ACC for access to the college football playoff. That, that to me, is the easiest part of all of this, at least until 2028. Joe Giglio is with us. Uh, now it's the OG podcast, and it's uh, part of the group OG Media. Uh, I read a really uh, interesting article that was done by, I think, a business site on your uh, on your uh, venture. And uh, yeah. th- there was one thing I took away from that that I thought was fantastic. Uh, and I and I knew it, but I never heard it phrased like you like you phrased it in there. And that was don't write anything that you wouldn't say to the person's face. And you said you've saved yourself from yourself a few times uh, with that. that I, mean, rule. I just I just bring that up because in our world of hot takery, in our world of you've got to get on and create buzz, um, some people have that pressure where they have to do it. I, I, I have not had that pressure. I think uh, being measured and steady is the way to go thoughtful and you got to call a spade a spade when it's time to do that but but beyond that i think just coming on every day and heaving bombs and throwing beer from the bleachers it's just not my style never never really has been with that said i thought you that what you said needs to be posted in some kind of of mantra and and placed in every radio station newsroom journo school in the entire nation i think <laughs> you're too kind uh you know something i learned pretty early that you, you if you could say it to somebody's face that doesn't mean you can't be critical right you could be critical but you have to be willing to be critical to someone to their face and it does curb some of your thoughts your, your more um hot headed thoughts right but i do think if you can live by that rule and that's not just in media patrick I try to tell my kids and all their friends, don't put something on social media about a girl or about whatever else and think, oh, it's just on social media or it's just on Snapchat. It's just wherever. If you can't say it to their face, don't say it anywhere else. 
So the OG podcast, what days, where can people uh, listen, watch, download it? Monday, Wednesday, Thursday right now is the main show with me and Joe Ovius. Uh, any of your podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it, we're there. Just search for Ovius and Gilio. And then we have our own YouTube page. Again, just search for Ovius and Gilio. Uh, we use the YouTube as a way of enhancing for our sponsors uh, and using those video clips on social media so people become aware of what we're doing. And I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've, we've posted a clip and, you know, uh, an AD or a coach or a player will reach out and be like, okay, I saw that. I agree with that. Or I don't agree with that. Or you were right. Or no, you got this wrong because, and obviously not everyone has time to consume everything that you create. But I do think when you have those clips, it helps people understand the content that you have. And, and I also think it drives people to then say, well, I like this two minutes. Well, maybe I'll download the whole hour and see what I like. Awesome. I uh, hope everybody will check it out. What time does it post typically on those days? The, the- uh, well, I just finished recording this morning. Joe's on vacation this week. So I am not the technologically advanced one, but it should be ready <laughs> by 12. Okay. Well, hey, noon around noon every day for this week then. Yeah. I said no vacations before, but look at you. Yeah, I said no vacations, but look at Ovius. That guy... How did that measly 50 get in with that $100 that wad that he carries around? That's what I, that's probably what Ovius wants to know. And, and he's on vacation. Hey, uh, good luck with the venture. I'm sure we'll talk to you, uh, many, many times. It's always great to talk to you, my friend. Take care. Thank you, Patrick. All right. That's Joe Giglio. And we'll continue on with the PJ show more words, uh, or more right after these words. And now the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Okay, running a little long here, but that's all right. Thanks to Joe Giglio. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington and to Clark Willis uh, today for their help. Tomorrow, we're going to hear from uh, Blake Harrell, who will be our in-studio guest, Pirate Defensive Coordinator, as uh, we get you into the summer with uh, some thoughts on uh, ECU coming out of spring ball and heading into summer workouts and what the defense uh, will look like in the season ahead for the Pirates. That's all coming up. Uh, That'll be uh, tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. Back in the morning on Talk of the Town. Hope you'll tune in then. We're going to have uh, an announcement on what exactly is going to happen uh, or a little clarity with our concert on the common. We've got one scheduled for Thursday, but uh, starting tonight, it's going to just rain and rain and rain. So deets on that tomorrow morning. We'll catch you then and then back here tomorrow for the Patrick Johnson Show. Have a great evening.